With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Support for this podcast comes from Frito-Lay in the 2023 Snack Bracket Championship. The Frito-Lay Snacker Challenge is underway, and fans are voting on their favorite snacks to crown champion. We're talking about primetime matchups between the best 64 snacks in the land. Will Ruffles Ridges reign supreme? Can Doritos defend their dynasty? Or will Smart Food use their smarts for a surprise upset? Only you can decide. Get in on all the action for a chance to win up to $1,000 or a year's worth of snacks. Let your snacks be heard. Just go to Frito-LaySnackIt.SBNation.com to vote and enter for a chance to win. No purchase necessary. Sweepstakes ends April 3rd, 2023. Void or prohibited. Years worth of snacks awarded in the form of 52 coupons, each good for one bag of chips. See official rules at Frito-LaySnackIt.SBNation.com. Napa know-how. Keeping it simple is usually a good thing. And when it comes to rewards programs, keeping it simple is always a good thing. That's why we made the Napa Rewards program effortless. All you need is your phone number to start saving on the parts and tools you need. Then we automatically give you $5 off your next purchase for every 100 you spend. So start saving today with Napa Rewards. Quality parts, helpful people. That's Napa know-how. Napa know-how. Blog Talk Radio. Good evening, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls. Welcome to Finsider Radio. I am MC Money, joined by, of course, certain soccer dad and a house, Dr. House it is now these days, and we are getting to get straight to business tonight. We have a very special guest. His name is Randy McMichael. He is a former Miami Dolphins tight end from 2002 to 2006. Also had a stint with the, uh, back then, the St. Louis Rams from 2007 to 2009. And, of course, with the San Diego Chargers from 2012 to 2010 to 2012. First team freshman All-American at Georgia. Honorable mention All-SEC in 2000. First team All-SEC in 2001. And a Pro Bowl alternate in 2004. 426 receptions, 4,539 receiving yards, 24 touchdowns. Randy McMichael, thank you for coming on to Finsider Radio. How are you doing tonight? Hey, what's going on, fellas? What? I, I, I like the stats. I just hate when you read off the years. Make you feel older. <laughs> That's right. Hey, we'll make we'll make you sound even better, right? That's what it's all about here on Finsider Radio. All right, Randy. So NFL draft is coming up. We're going to get straight to business tonight. We've got a few questions for you. I'll have you on for about ten minutes or so. Um, I'll ask okay. you a question. House will ask you questions. So I'll ask you a question, and then I'll follow up with another one. Um, NFL draft is coming up. Tight ends. There's a lot of talk about tight ends. You have OJ Howard in this year's draft. He is the premier tight end. You have the uh, tight end from Miami. Um, David Njoku. 
Najoku, yeah. Um, so he is pretty much a, the second tight end on everyone's board. I don't know if you've been following the prospects much. Um, there's been talk about the Dolphins possibly drafting a tight end. They just got Julius Thomas in a trade from the Jacksonville Jaguars. We know there's injury concerns with Julius. And they uh, behind him, they lost Deion Sims to the Chicago Bears. But in, in, from what you've been reading, from what you've been seeing, from what you've been watching, who um, – who stands out for you? Is it O.J. Howard and Joku as well, or is it someone else on the radar for you? Well, I, I mean, I've been studying these tight ends for about a couple months now. I've got, got some film on a lot of them. Uh, uh, O.J. Howard is head and shoulders the best tight end because he can play the wide position, which is the inline tight end, and he can also get down the scenes if you've got to sit him out and do things like that with him. And Joku, he reminds me a lot of what they like to do with uh, Jordan Reed up in Washington. He's a split-out mm-hmm. guy who can get mismatches and do things like that. But he will fight if he has a block, and that's what I like about him. Uh, my favorite tight end in this draft is definitely Howard. But there's a couple guys, uh, uh, Joe Smith down for FIU. He's a good you, – you, you can find some value with him third, fourth round. He's a guy, an athletic guy. And as we all know, that's what the league is going to now is that fast, split-out, tight end type guy. And if you want a guy, another guy that people aren't, aren't talking about is Bucky Hodges out of Virginia Tech. He reminds me a lot. I watched tape on him yesterday. He reminds me a lot of a Martellus Bennett, a big guy. Even though he blocked on the perimeter a lot in the Virginia Tech offense, he's a guy who I think that with the right coach, he can put his hand in the ground and still block and still get up the singles. All right. So, so Ben, therefore, you know, we don't think the Dolphins are going to pick a tight end in the first round. You mentioned no. – um, you mentioned Jonu Smith, right, from FIU? Is that what you said? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. So, I mean, if you're the Dolphins, right, you have Julius Thomas. You played the tight end position in the NFL for quite some time. You have Julius Thomas there. Um, Adam Gase, his offense, uh, Julius Thomas thrived in his offense in Denver. If, if you're the Dolphins, do you add another tight end to the mix there to pair with Julius because of his injury concerns, or do you kind of just look at other positions, maybe offensive guard um, or the defensive side of the ball? Well, if I'm the Dolphins and I'm looking about the first two rounds, I'm going to get a I'm going to get some lineman help, and I'm definitely going to find another pass rusher. I love the uh, acquisition of Hayes. He's one of my favorite players. He's a veteran presence, that guy that can do it all inside and out. But at the same time, you got to find a young rusher because as great and as much as we all love Cam Wake, he ain't gonna play forever. Yeah. So you got to find somebody to eventually replace him. Tight end wise, they can wait until. Fifth, sixth round. There's plenty of good tight ends out of Iowa who probably won't be there. But there's a lot of guys down there. You got Sprinkle out of Arkansas who had some off the field stuff at the bowl game, at the Belk Bowl, did some crazy stuff, and he might drop. But I love it, the Dolphins tightest budget. I'm the biggest fan of Anthony Fasano. I've always had, I always have been good to see him yeah. back in the Dolphin uniform. But the key with Julius Thomas is just like you said, the injuries. Julius is so big time when he's healthy. And once again, we all know, because I played against him when he was uh, with the Broncos, with Adam Gase, and I saw what he did in that offense. So they can find a way to keep this guy healthy. Now, he don't want to block nobody. He'll get in the way, but he ain't going to block nobody. But when you put the ball in the air, this guy is a – I mean, he, he, he is a, mat, a, a matchup nightmare for any defense. Randy, helps here. Thanks again for joining us here on the Fence Side. Uh, we touched on a little bit with Fasano. I think he was brought in more as uh, to help out in the run game as a pass blocker. So my question for you is this. How complicated is for tight ends uh, doing both as a blocking and a receiving? Tips would you well, give to some of uh, the prospects coming up? 
Well, the one thing about as a pass blocker, run blocking, it's all about, you know, it's technique, but a lot of it is about effort. You know, when I came into Miami, you know, it was still the, the this move tight end thing. It was it was becoming a fad, but it wasn't as big as it is now. And, you know, playing in a power offense the way we played in Miami and we had Rick Williams, I had to play the Y. And, no, I wasn't the biggest and strongest guy, but I had that dog in me. And a lot of these kids, they don't have that dog in me because from the day of high school, they're playing in an offense where they're spread out. And they're not having to block. They're playing this spread open, uh, this wide open spread offense. So, as a tight end nowadays, you know it's all about matchups. You look, you look at a kid like Evan Ingram from Ole Miss. This kid ran a four five, and, and I think before the whole combine and and pro day, people had him as as a fourth or fifth round pick. Now this kid might get picked in the back of the first round because of the fact that it's all about matchups. And so when you look at tight ends nowadays. And when I look at Fasano, he's like me. He's old school. He's old school. He's gritty. He's dirty. Yeah, he won't catch. He won't catch 50, 60 balls. But the thing about it is, when you throw it to Fasano, the one thing I know about him, he's reliable. He's always going to be in the position where he's supposed to be in. And if something happens to Julius, no, he won't be able to do the things that Julius will be able to do. But he'll be able to do something because he's that kind of tight end. He's reliable. We are joined here by Randy McMichael, former Miami Dolphins tight end, played also for the St. Louis Rams and San Diego Chargers. McMichael selected in the fourth round of the 2002 NFL Draft. I think we all remember that. Ironically, uh, the pick used by the Dolphins to select McMichael was originally acquired from the Saints in a deal that sent Ricky Williams to the Dolphins, who McMichael uh, just talked about just a few moments ago. Uh, And I believe you have a question for Randy as well. I absolutely do. And Randy, Appreciate you bestowing some knowledge upon us tonight. You know, it seems like to me the last three or four years, you know, we've been talking about how great this tight end class coming in is. The last mm-hmm. three or four years, it seems like it's been a pretty difficult transition from the college game for some of these tight ends. And whether that's a result of the spread or, you know, tight ends are just being asked to block less and less. And when they come into the NFL, they're just not ready to block it and coaches don't trust them yet. But, Talk about your experience. You know, you're you're a fourth-round tight end coming in from Georgia, coming into the Dolphins, and what was that transition like for a young man like yourself, and what advice would you give to these young tight ends coming in? Well, I remember my first experience was I remember showing up to the facility uh, down there in Dave, and I remember, like, me and all the rookies showed up, and we walk into the weight room, and there's Daryl Gardner in there. He has, like, 315 <laughs> pounds bitch pressing it over his head. <laughs> and so I, I never forget this. I asked the strength coach, he was John Gamble, and I said, Coach, uh, what position does he play? He said, Well, they moved into defensive end, and that means you got to block him. And I was just like, Oh my God, this is the NFL. <laughs> and I mean, I just, I'll never forget that. And then I remember my first rookie mini camp, every ball that Jason was hit me in the face mask, I couldn't get on my break fast. And I remember leaving from rookie mini camp, going back to Athens to work out, and I remember North Turner calls me, he's like, I got all these people in the press asking me, why did, they, why did we draft you? You suck. And that's not what he said. And so I remember going to work. I remember coming to training camp. I was like the fourth tight end of the depth chart. But at the same time, I worked so hard in the offseason going into training camp that I was able to quicken up my breaks, quicken up my route out of the break. Because once you're in the NFL, yeah, they, they draw a line and say, yeah, run it 10 yards and get, and get open, run it 10 yards and break out. But in the NFL, it's all about getting open. And I learned how to do that really, really fast. I had a great mentor and a guy named Ed Perry. 
yeah, he was a long snapper, but at the same time, he played the position. He taught me so much. And I was able to just, you know, keep working and just keep moving up the depth chart. And then the, the veterans like Jason Taylor and, and Sam Madison and, and Zach Thomas and Brock Sarian and those guys, they saw I can make plays. And then we all know about the picture that everybody shows me flying through the air my rookie year, and I was able to win the job and, and didn't leave it. The one thing about today's tight end from when, when I was there was these tight ends aren't paid to block anymore. You see what I'm saying? Like these guys are paid to catch balls and score touchdowns. And that's, a, that's just what the NFL is coming to now. That's why you see a guy like Jordan Reed get $40, 50000000 million. Because he's, he's they're not paying Jordan to block. They're paying him to be a playmaker. And that's the way that, that and that is the way the league is going nowadays. Really interesting stuff, Randy. Um, I went to high school with Jordan Reed, so you know I saw we saw how dominant he was now in the NFL. He's a bad he's boy. Some, he's a bad. Yeah, boy. <laughs> unfortunately, he's had some concussion. He's had some concussion concerns, you know, lately. But man, he is a monster. All right, Randy. Yes, uh, two more questions for you, then we'll let you go. Again, thank you for joining us. You play with numerous quarterbacks throughout your career. With the Dolphins, you play, you know, Dave Fiedler, Ray Lucas, Brian Greasy, A.J. Feely, Sage Rosenfels, Gus Ferrat, Joey, uh, Joey Harrington. And with the Rams, you play with Mark Bolger. <laughs> then you went to San Diego, right? And you I'm play sorry, with Philip Rivers. <laughs> That's okay. okay. Yeah, there's a lot. It's like, it's like that brown T-shirt with all the quarterbacks listed on the exactly. back of the shirt, right? So yeah, this exactly. might be an easy question for you, but I'm going to ask you who your who was your favorite quarterback that you played for? I'm guessing it's Philip Rivers. Do you have any stories to share about him that you could tell us on well, here? Well, well, the one thing about Philip was, and you're right, Philip. I love Philip. Me and Philip still talk to this day, and I still remember, you know, after I left St. Louis, I was like, I mean, I was like, do I want to play anymore or anything? And I was like, I'm, I'm turning down uh, visits to teams and workouts. And I remember I was, I went to. It's funny, I went to Las Vegas. Memorial Day with my boys and Drew Rosenhaus my G calls me. He's like, Randy, Noah just called me. What about going to San Diego? I'm like, I'm not going to San Diego. They got gates. I'm the I'm an alpha tight end. I'm not going out there to back him up. And then I remember just sitting down and I remember uh I was sitting there in the in the car because we were going to another spot and I remember talking to my mom on the phone and she was like, Baby, this might be something good for you. And so I remember I was like, I called Drew, I was like, Tell Noah and I'll talk to him. Nor calls me, and he's like, I talked to Antonio, and he would love for you to be a teammate. And I just remember I went out to – I left straight from Vegas and went to San Diego that Monday for a visit. And I remember the first – as soon as I walked in the door, the first person to meet me was Philip Rivers. And he gave me a big hug. He's like, dude, we're so glad. Now, no, I didn't say I was coming there yet or nothing. But I remember <laughs> walking in, and Philip gave me a big hug. And, and, and that is – I just love this guy to death. And, of course, Mark Bolger was a great quarterback. But my favorite quarterback, and y'all are going to be surprised, was definitely Jay Fiedler because Jay took me under his wing. Yeah, he wasn't the most talented guy. He was tough. He was gritty. He threw me the ball. That's what I liked about him most. He threw me the ball. So, <laughs> <laughs> you know, but, yeah, I threw him. I'm, <laughs> you know, I love Jay Fiedler. He, threw, he was like ready. He, he, he was in the huddle. He was like ready to get open. And I don't know we had OG and, and we had Chris and everybody on the outside, but he would like he would call a play. He just I mean, hey, Randy, get over real quick. I'm gonna dump it to you real quick. So. <laughs> and of course, um, I, I can't remember if you were on the team when Jay Feeler uh, stole at the goal line in Oakland. Were, were you on the team? No, I was that or was that a year before? That was the year before you came on, right? That was before I got there. Yeah, that was the year before you got there. So I'm sure you got. Yeah. You know, I don't want to keep you here all night. We could talk to you all night, but I'm sure you got plenty of Ricky Williams stories, plenty of Jay Feeler stories. 
we'll have to have you on again sometime in the next few weeks. But um, one more question before we let you go. Dolphins are picking at 22. Dolphins are picking in the second round as well. What positions would you pick there, uh, first and second round? Well, if I'm the Dolphins, one thing you look at, and we can talk about who they signed for agency. Like I said, I love the Haynes pick. I love picking up Timmons and play the Mike linebacker, move Kiko to the weak side. Love those picks. I mean, love those signings and everything. And, you know, re-signing the receivers. Hopefully they get some done with juice and everything like that. But the one thing, it's all about RT-17. It's all about Ryan. How he plays, this team will go. And I think he has the right kind of coach in Adam Gates that me, you, all the Dolphins fans are hoping for because I think he has that kind of talent to do so. So if I'm looking at the draft at the Dolphins, you're looking at if, 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 if Lamp from West Kentucky is there at guard, you take him and you put him on that line with a guy like Tussle who's going to be there for the next 10 to 12 years. I think he is a blue-chip type. Hall of Fame left tackle. I think he has that kind of ability. And then if he's not there, you look at different defensive ends. If Taco Charles is there, I, I'm falling out of love with him over the past couple of weeks because I, I don't really like one-year wonders. But say if a guy yeah. like Derek Barnett starts to fall, he's a guy who can play that and plays a lot like Cam Wake as far as, like, motor, keep going, and, and doesn't stop. I like him a lot. Carl Lawson, the kids that I saw a lot, you know, being here in Athens, uh, going to the Georgia games, and, and, and this kid from SEC, he is a difference maker at the end. Uh, now you can get him in the second round. Also, this is a kid out of Missouri that I saw terrorize my Georgia Bulldogs, Charles Harris out of Missouri. He's another prospect that might be there. But if they can get if, – if Lamp or the kid out of um, of Indiana, I see get his name. If he's there and you need a lineman, go grab one of those guys. Put, plug him in. He can be like – you can form something like Dallas is doing down there because you got a – you got a – you got one of the top centers in the league in Pouncey, and you can put a young guy beside him, and he can flourish in that offense. All right, very interesting. I know there's been a lot of discussion about the offensive guard position, a lot of debate about it. You know, people aren't excited about offensive guard. They want a sexy position. But you're you're telling us, you know, that offensive guard can help the Dolphins win games and teams win games, correct? Oh, yeah, because, you know, I live here in Atlanta. I work for National United Game. We have a flagship station for the Atlanta Falcons, and you talk to – we talk and draft. We have our big draft show next weekend with me, uh, Dave Archer, and West uh, Durham, and nobody wants to hear that. No, we don't need no guard. We need this. We need that. But if that guard is there, and it's so crazy because if you look at success uh, offense that Dallas has had, it's because they took those linemen. And I think that Lamp is a blue-chip type lineman. And so mm-hmm. that was not a sexy pick, but at the same time, it will be sexy down the road when you see a guy – Running down, running right off of his uh, off of his cheek, <laughs> twenty and yeah, forty yards. Yeah. It'll be real sexy then. <laughs> All right, that was Randy McMichael joining us. Randy, we truly appreciate you taking time out of your evening to talk to us. Great information, great conversation. Hopefully, we could have you on again in the next few weeks. Hey man, I really appreciate y'all having me on. Anytime you need, you let me know, and I'm there. Okay, y'all, y'all take care. All right. All right. Thanks, Randy. Take care. Thanks, Randy. All right, Raina McMichael. Man, that, that was great. That was great stuff. I'm just going to sit back and be silent for about two minutes and just take that all in. I mean, I was I was tweeting that out on my timeline, everything he was saying. Uh, let me just finish up this tweet about him. You guys just take it from here. Sutton, uh, your thoughts about Raina McMichael and the fact that he's saying offensive guard. <laughs> I honestly, for the last five minutes or however long that was, I felt like I was at a bar stool 
at a bar with all yeah, four you guys, you know, great, like right? all three of us with Randy, and we were just chilling there talking football. That was awesome. Yeah, um, I mean. Yeah, and it was it was interesting. He he went offensive guard. It's it's not that uncommon of a theme, obviously, with the zeitgeist, the Dolphins nation right now. So um, what do you think, Howitz? Yeah, I mean, years past, I think offensive guard would have been frowned upon, but I think a lot of people warming up to Lamp. One name that really stuck out to me, and this probably isn't a surprise, Taco Charlton. I've been pretty high on him this offseason uh, throughout the draft process. I, I know he said he was starting to wear thin on him, but I, I do think Taco Charlton would be a good fit there at 22. But for me, I mean, like he said, Forrest Lamp, that would solidify that all, that left side of the offensive line for 10 to 12 years, him next to Tunsil. I mean, the holes that J.H.I. would have to run through. I mean, even your boy Bush Trot can't open up holes that big. <laughs> so, you know, we, we've seen a lot before we take this caller. Uh, whoever's on hold will get to you in just a few minutes. And I know we're going to debate right after we take that call about who we would pick. And I know there's been a lot of controversy, not a, maybe not controversy, but a lot of discussion about people going back and forth on Dolphins Twitter about, well, should the Dolphins draft an offensive guard? Should the Dolphins draft a defensive end? Should they draft a linebacker, cornerback? We've had a numerous draft analysts on here the past few few weeks. We had Richmond Webb on here last week who said offensive guard, right? We have Randy McMichael on here tonight who says offensive guard. We had um, John Ledger, who is now part of NDT Scouting, formerly of Inside the Pylon. He said offensive guard. Ian Wharton, who was on last week, was leaning towards offensive guard. The only one who didn't <laughs> was Kyle Krabs, who said Eddie Jackson, right? I mean, yeah. so you have two former yeah. football players, NFL players, one in All-Pro, Richmond Webb, another in Randy Michael, who's played in the NFL for quite some time and played with many different quarterbacks and on, in different systems. Then you got All these the guys who do this. You got, you, got this, you got these guys who do this stuff for a living, right? And they're all saying offensive guard, and everyone else on Dolphins Twitter is saying, no, let's get a cornerback or a defensive end. So, you know, this, all this, what we've had on the past few weeks, and tonight makes me think, crap, let's get an offensive guard in the first round, right, if Forrest Lamp is there. Yeah, I mean, that seems to be the prevalent theme, no question about it. Like you said, everybody but one person has voted for offensive guard, so... I think that I was think kind of a lingering element to what we were thinking about the off season, but maybe nobody really wanted to fully commit to it just because it's not a sexy thing to do. But like Randy said, it's going to be sexy when Ajayi's ripping off 20, 30 yard or, you know, and two touchdowns. Fantasy. Yeah. Yeah. Man, I wish we had Randy on all night, huh? We could do an hour show with that guy. <laughs> he was awesome. All right, let's bring in this caller right now. Welcome to Finsider Radio. Who are you? What is your question? Hey, is this Rick? Can you hear me? Hey, Rick, how are you? Hey, I'm going to change everybody's mind here. I'm going to dig into this here. Look at all the right. first-round draft picks on the offensive side of the ball. We have three offensive linemen first-round draft picks. We have a quarterback we have a receiver, Parker. We have Landry, and we have Stills who are going to get big money. So those those are like first-round draft picks. We have who am I missing? Yeah. Ajayi, who's basically like a first-round draft pick. If you want to get Lamp, that's another first-round draft pick. Let's look at the defensive side of the ball. What do we have on defense at the first-round draft? We got basically all free agents on that whole <clears throat> defensive side of the ball. I mean, we have – Yeah, you're right. 
We have uh, nobody, right? I mean, I mean, you have uh, there, there's Kiko uh, Alonso, but he he was gotten he was acquired in a trade. You got Ndamukong Sue acquired in free agency. Uh, exactly. Cameron Wake was an undrafted free agent, right? Yeah, you got Timmons. You got Timmons. You, you got you got Howard is a second round draft pick. He hasn't even done anything yet. Yeah. We have uh-huh. Maxwell free agent. So my point is, is you guys, I, I love Lamb, but how many yards did yeah. the Johnny have last year? He had twelve hundred. He missed one game. And what were uh, our what were our rankings last year on defense? Like twentieth? I mean, yeah. You know, no, Rick, you're I mean, absolutely right. That's this, why there's so much conversation going on right now between Dolphins fans. I mean, your point exactly is what people makes people flip flop back and forth. And and this is a great point by you. And I'm glad you called and welcome. You know, thank you for calling. Um, and I'm going to yeah, keep you care, off. Guys. Mute. We, you guys go. Okay. Yeah. We're, we're going to put you on mute just so you can hear the conversation. Um, unless you're listening on a computer, we'll put you on mute anyways. But you know, Rick, Rick's bringing up a fantastic point. Um, this is why there's so much discussion on who the Dolphins should pick, right? I mean, do you invest another first round pick on the offensive line? If they do, you got Tunsil, you got uh, Pouncey, you got James, and then you would have Lamp, and then you would have whoever's there as a free agent, Bushrod or Larson there. Um, you know, I don't know. It, it, I'm glad I'm not getting paid to make this decision because it's going to be tough. It's going to be really tough. I don't know what you guys think. I mean, we're going to talk about it. So I guess we'll hold off of that, on that, Rick, because we are going to debate that in just a few minutes. So, Rick, we will hold off. But let's bring in this other caller here. Welcome to Finsider Radio. Who are you? What is your question? And how can we help you? Uh, it's Kai. How's it going, guys? Hey, Kai. How you doing, Kai. buddy? I'm doing pretty well. How about yourselves? We are doing fantastic. <laughs> so, Kai. <laughs> uh, so, I think uh, the person just called made a great point about the defensive side of the ball uh, in terms of the first-round draft picks. But I think that in terms of, like, the three people who I would believe if they're there right now, like, at 22 that I would pick would probably be Lamp, Cunningham, and Davis, Draw Davis. I want yep. to know, if, like, your guys three at 22, if there were three guys who were there, what your ranks would be one, two, and three in terms of players you hmm. would pick. Good question. All right, Kyle, we're going to put you on mute so we can answer that. Uh, thank you for calling Finsider Radio. You are a regular caller. We greatly appreciate it. Uh, I'm going to throw this one to you first, House, then Sutton, and then I will answer mine. All right. First thing I'm going to say, Kai, love you. Glad you call in every week. But I do not want Jared Davis in the first round. I do not think he's a better linebacker than Raquan McMillan, and I want to do with him there at 22. For me, I, I'm torn. I'd love to see Foster fall. I just don't think it's possible. Same with Barnett. So I think it would start with my rankings. I'd probably go uh, – Let's say Reddick, Taco, and Cunningham. I've been on Taco and Cunningham all offseason long. Kind of got really big on Reddick recently. I, I'd love to see Lamp there, but, I mean, for me, it, it, every every few minutes I'm teetering back and forth, whether it's an offensive guard or a defensive pass rusher or, or linebacker. So, it's tough. Right now I'm going to say those three, but, I mean, Lamp's definitely there for consideration. Yeah. All right, Sutton, so, how about yeah. you? Yeah, if I'm going with Kai's three – I'm going Cunningham one, Lamp two, and I can't remember who the third one was. Who was the third one? For him? Let me Red, bring him back yeah. on. Kai, who, who was your top three, Kai? Uh, it was Lamp at one, Cunningham at two, and Draw Davis at three. Okay, thank you. Yeah, I put, I put Draw Davis at three there. So Cunningham, Lamp, Davis there. So 
I'm I'm looking, and I know we're going to get a little more in depth to this, so I don't want to give too much away right now. But I'm, I'm preferring a defensive investment whatsoever over guard at this point. But we'll get to more. All right, and for me, um, I haven't finished my full draft board yet. I mentioned on Twitter that I was going to do a uh, a different kind of board this year, value based board where we can see how much depth there is at each position. But if you're asking the question right now as to who I would consider right at 22, you know, I know there's a lot of talk about Forrest Lamb, but I like Pat F. Line better, um, to be honest with you. I'm going to put him up there. I'm also going to put Hassan Reddick up there. I think he can make a huge impact with the Miami Dolphins. And I'm going to put, and I don't know if I'm saying the right way, Obi Melifonwu, who I think can be an absolute monster with Rashad Jones in the secondary. But that might change once I put my big board together. I'll be releasing it next week. So, Kai, thank you for calling Finsider Radio. Um, let's just jump to the live thread real quick. Uh, we don't have any questions in there. And I did answer one on Twitter from Rob Carruth the other day. Just want to take care of all of our housekeeping stuff before we start uh, letting stuff fly here and debate about what we want to do. I posted so much stuff today. Okay, so Landry is in the building. Yes, he is. Top three picks. We just answered that. And, and that and that's going to be up for housekeeping stuff. So let's let everything fly, boys, okay? No holds barred yes. right now for the next 10 minutes. No holds barred. We're sitting at a bar right now. Not really. We're all sitting in our home. Pretending we're in, a, pretending we're in a bar right now. But I don't care if you guys talk over each other. If we talk over each other, we're just gonna we're just gonna talk. And Talk about the draft and who's there at 22. Who are we drafting? I would like to see the Dolphins trade down, obviously pick up an extra third round pick or so. What if I told you that the Dolphins should run to the podium if OJ Howard's name is there? He won't be. But what if they trade down and pick David Ajoku and pick up a um, two-headed monster like the Patriots of old days with Hernandez and Gronkowski and absolutely terrorize defenses? You won't need a defense with this offense. What if I told you that? <laughs> what if I said, pick one of those two tight ends in the first round? Come at me, boys. Uh, I mean, yeah, it seems it seems a little frivolous to me. I don't. What do you think, Al? I'd be okay with Howard Njoku. I mean, he's a great player. I, I think the whole trade down thing that's huge. I mean, you can trade down and get another second or third round pick. I mean, I really don't give a who we take at that point because that's what I'd like to see Miami do ultimately: trade down, get one of those pass rushers, but. I mean, tight end, it's hard to say. I mean, Julius Thomas, we talked about health, but that, that'd be a luxury pick at See, 22. I think, I, think we're good, I think we're good playmakers. We, yeah. If we invest in Njoku, that limits our ability to see what's going on with Devontae Parker because he might be starting yeah. to get phased out because Stills just got re-signed. Landry is inevitably going to get re-signed to an extension. So he might be the odd man out with Carew. We still waiting to see what's going on with that draft investment right there. So I, Devonte Parker's looking a little bit precarious here. If we go Njoku at tight end. So that's why I, I go tight end. I'm sorry. I, I go defense no matter what. And yeah, I, I do think my linebacker, what do you guys think about that linebacker? Is that kind of crazy? It, inside no, or because outside? I, I like, I like I like Hassan Reddick. Uh, uh, Ruben Foster, there's some concerns about his I shoulder and rotator cuff. And, and he might be there at 22. And then, you know, you got to start looking at the injury. Uh, you said Cunningham. 
What if yeah. I told you he could probably is better off as a second round pick? Uh, I I mean I I hear it. I, I see all these experts. I mean that makes sense to me because I don't get paid to do this. I don't put all the time and effort into it that others do. But for me, I I from what I've watched, I love Zach Cunningham, and he was right up there with the top of the prospects that I've watched. I do like Rayquan McMillan, but I don't think he's gonna last 54. Yeah, McMillan's you, a hot name rising up. Yeah, man. And I'm just looking at if we invest whatever first round draft investment we make, we'd like it to be a starter. And I really only see guard and linebacker as the two definite starters. Free safety initially, but I think when TJ McDonald gets back from his suspension, that he would be the, the starting safety there, I would think, unless this free safety is the first rounder and he just sets the world on fire. But. <laughs> You know, I, I, I'm I'm looking at Lawrence Simmons. Yeah, we just invested in him, but he's also going to be 31 years old, and Kika is going to be moving out of position. And you know, and I, even if we invest in Cunningham in the first round, it, he's not going to be limited by playing in the nickel because I think he would be one of the nickel linebackers. I think his pass covered skills are up there. So I'm looking for an immediate starter in the first round, and guard and linebacker are the only two that make sense to me. Yeah, I can't argue that. I mean, defensive end, those are positions that take time. And, I mean, we brought back Branch. Uh, we have Wake for hopefully at least two more years, right, guys? And I mean, one name I just want to throw out there, Jordan Willis. He's kind of blowing up on Twitter. It seems to be everyone's consensus. Because he, I mean, to me, you see that face mask he has when he's down in his stance. He almost looks just like freaking Cameron Wake. I know he went on record to say that he's watched all these defensive ends and Cameron Wake's the one that sticks out to him and he admires the most. So, I mean – the, the writing rings on the wall there, 22. I mean, that's right around where he should be picked. But what do you guys think about Jordan Willis? Uh, I know there's some, you know, differing opinions on Jordan Willis. And it's hard Love for me to finish. get a really good read on him, you know? I don't know. Yeah. I, don't, I don't know. And I don't know if I feel comfortable with Jordan Willis at 22. And, and I know see, people and that, that very reason, that very reason is – the rationale for us to wait until day two to address defensive end because it is so deep. And you want to kind of take advantage of the fact a couple of podcasts ago, I had told you about some research that I saw that teams are about 55% more likely to um, get the first or third round, I'm sorry, first or third ranked player out of a position, right? Um, So no more than a coin flip between number one and number three in a position group. I think you have to take advantage of a deep defensive end draft class and address a dif- different defensive position. Um, same rationale with cornerback. So that's why I'm kind of leaning towards linebacker. That's one area that I think we could address. Um, it's not so bad. I think we're worried about the snaps and nickel and all that kind of stuff, but I think a linebacker still could get significant snaps in our system and really improve this defense by addressing defensive end and cornerback day two, round two, round three, and there. Hmm. Did you guys did you guys see what uh, Eric posted about sporting news yesterday, about the little nugget about the Dolphins being optimistic a top safety will fall to them, Adams, Peppers, Obi are all on their wish list. Yeah, they, they've been, they've been, they have been doing Evan their research on Obi. They have been doing their I mean, research on Obi. Are there any of those guys you wouldn't want? I mean, Jamal Adams, Jabril Peppers, Obi, 
Justin Evans. I want to. I want to. I want to want Peppers. He's overrated. Peppers is overrated in the first round. He is not a first round pick. No, I, I completely agree. But do you think Stephen Ross? I mean, you want to think he has yes, I, I do. Yes, absolutely. I do think Stephen Ross will say to the people in the draft room, "Hey, look, there's some Michigan guys available. Let's consider getting one." I absolutely do think Stephen Ross will say that, and I am concerned that they will be swayed by him. I mean, I, I like his versatility, but he seems to do nothing great and everything uh, kind of good. You know, so he's one of those guys. I'm not hundred. I'm not sold on. Definitely, like you said, not in the first round. Hmm. Yeah, take, I'm looking at, I'm looking at a center seconds. fielder type as a as a free safety. You know, we already have Rashad doing his thing near the line of scrimmage, and he's one of the best in the NFL at doing so. So Absolutely. I say, why mess with a thing that's hmm. working? So we get the center fielder type, and those two to me is Malik Hooker and Obi, and those yeah. are the only two safeties that I even sniff at in the first round. Here's the thing for me, boys. My my. Interior offensive line, there's not a lot of depth there, right? You got Lamp, you got Elfline, and then I think there's a big drop, maybe Johnson, um, in that second tier, Dorian Johnson. Defensive end, you can get a quality defensive end in the second round. I am confident of it, right? Cornerbacks, there is plenty of depth. You can get pick up a cornerback in round two or three and expect him to start year one, in my opinion. Safety, you got your top three, right? You got Jamal Adams, Malik Hooker, Obi Melis, Bone Wu. However you say his name. Linebacker, besides Foster, you got Reddick, you got Jared Davis, you got Zach Cunningham, you got McMillan. Uh, we talked about Tyus Bowser last week, who Ian compared to Deion Jordan. Man, this I am glad I'm not a general manager or a coach and have to make these decisions on draft tonight. Wow. So many dire- so many different directions you could go in and it could be right or it could be wrong. I don't you know, know if it's a I don't know if it's a good thing or a bad thing that there are so many directions the Dolphins can go in. Because, A, it means they have a crap load of holes, right? Or, B, they can just go best player available. If you're going best player available, you're opening yourselves up to offensive linemen in the first round. But I just I've just posted an article last weekend about the draft market, and I think there's a nice intersection of what we need and what's available in this draft. So as long as we did our research, as long as we did our due diligence and did our homework – and I think as long as we get the first two or three out of this draft class right, we get some starters, we get some significant snaps. Um, we have uh, the right transitions from year one players to year two players. We get all those forward trajectories, and then we're in business here. Then we're building something. You know, we have we have something young and building. So let's 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 hit on at least the first two of these guys. I I right. think what we need most is for Paul Mahomes, the the quarterback from what Texas A and M. We need him to fall or Texas Tech, I guess. We need him to what fall. If, what if, okay. What about this trade back? What if Patrick Mahomes or Deshaun Kaiser is there at twenty two? Do you pick him? I, I've thought Don't about laugh. this. Don't laugh. Uh, no, I've Do thought about him? this before because I, I love Mahomes. I think he's he might be the best quarterback in this draft. I know we talked about him before a couple months back. Uh, that's too hard for me. I mean, you got to hope Tannehill's knees okay. You invested all that money in him. Uh, I mean, that comes down to Adam Gase. If that's his guy, I mean, he has the connections, right? He has that inside information there. So, I mean, oh, man, that's tough. I, I, I'd pass on him personally, but it, I, I would definitely consider. Hmm. 
No, gosh, I'm not, I'm not touching that with a 10-foot pole. There's no way I'm taking a quarterback <laughs> in the first round. Not a chance. Not a chance. I'm not taking one, but you you got to consider it because Tannehill, I mean, he, he continues to get better. He's, but that knee, it, it's a concern. He's, what, 28, 29? I mean, you got a guy like Mahomes. That's, you let him sit two two years, what? He, he turns into the next. This is Phillip Rivers and Drew Brees all over again. I mean, it's not the popular choice. It's not what I would do, but – I think that Adam Gase won't consider it. I mean, that's that's a tough one. Personally, I hope he's there so we can trade back and, and pick up a guy like uh, Jordan Willis or T.J. Watt or even Cunningham, who you said, second-round pick, trade back and pick him up in the first and solidify that linebacking court. All right, I'm going to give you this bombshell. Yeah, yeah if, this, <laughs> if this does happen, I will fully support it right. because I trust Adam Time Gase instantly, but I would be shell-shocked for sure. All right, Absolutely. listen. I'm gonna I'm throw you a bombshell here, and let's here just say go. I'm not just I'm not just saying this, just to say it. Read between the lines here, okay? What if the Seahawks call Miami and say we'll give you Richard Sherman for Devontae Parker, and maybe a swap of draft picks here and there? Would you do it? I would run to the. I would say yes in a damn heartbeat. All uh, right, that's a. <laughs> Again, I'm not just saying this just to say it. Read between the lines. Well, yeah, I have I to look at you. Damn. All right. What, what I, I, I personally don't think that we have the scheme to maximize what Richard Sherman does to necessitate that kind of trade. So I'm going to pass on this one. Um, but it was definitely, uh, hmm, that's a, that, get, that, that gave me some pause. That gave me some pause. Yeah. I, I love Devontae Parker. I mean, it seems like he's a little bit in Gase's doghouse. I mean, you get a guy like Richard Sherman. I think the three of us could probably come off the end and get a sack with him and Maxwell and Howard in coverage. Uh, man, that, that's a tough one. I'd, I'd have to look at the contract. It'd have to come down to compensation. I would strongly consider that trade, very strongly. Well, because yeah. then that would almost automatically mean Byron Maxwell would be gone, so then we would be left with Sherman. I don't know. And Howard and Lipton. I, I, I don't know. Maybe I'm, I don't, just, I'm, I I'm don't higher. Know. I'm higher on Howard and Lipton. You got the money, right? Or you're higher on Howard. You could you could always move around money in the NFL, but why is everyone saying? I mean, it's logical that Maxwell would be gone, right? But if I'm the Dolphins, you get Sherman, you put him on, you know, the right side of the field or the left side, whichever way you're looking at it, and then you put Maxwell on the other side. And you get – Matt. listen, Maxwell improved as the season went on last year. I know the Dolphins weren't happy with him with the injuries as the season closed because they felt that he could have played in the playoffs, but he didn't. I mean, if you got Maxwell and Sherman as your primary two corners, I think you are looking at a very good tandem there. I wouldn't drop Maxwell, yeah. not at all. That was part especially of with Howard's injury concerns. Yeah. yeah, they were together, especially especially with Howard's injury concerns, right? I was at that Steelers game when he completely uh, shut down Antonio Brown, pretty much turned him into a ghost. So, I mean, Maxwell, he's, he's, uh, he started out the season a little rocky, got a hell of a lot better, and then kind of the injury concerns. But, uh, yeah, man, I mean, Sherman, Maxwell, then you got Howard, like you said. It'd be a hell of a secondary. I just, man, 
I just hope you don't come that was, Be very I intrigued. think that would that would stymie some of the the progress that some of these young cornerbacks are making. I think that limits the snaps of. Uh, I, I do Sabine like Lippett. Howard and Tony Lippett, and I love Lippett. I, yeah, you're right. And I don't. I just don't think that's a smart strategy to limit those snaps. We have to see what we have in those. We've invested draft capital there, so we we need mm. to see what we have there or move on. But I don't but think again, it's the right time to make that determination. Wasn't Lippett pretty stoked to be working out with Richard Sherman? I mean, they got the ties, yeah. right? So I mean, yeah. Who better to take him under his wing? I mean, year what? This will be year three for Lippett. Uh, yeah. I like the progression that we've seen. Big corner, he showed flashes. I mean, who better? Yeah, and, than we, and we were at MetLife. We were at MetLife that night when we saw oh, yeah. the perfect trajectories of Xavier Howard breaking stuff up at like the last yep. second. I Brandon was very Marshall. impressed with his movement skills yep. that night. So that was like that was baby. the night that I fell in love. That was the night that I fell in love with him. So I think he's I think he's on the upward for us too. Hmm. All right. I think we need to do this more often. Just kind of throw a topic out there and just kind of freestyle. This yeah, it, it flowed really well. It maybe really every well. maybe every show at the, the last ten minutes. <laughs> yeah, a fi- yeah. A we call it the run, fumble. Right? We just fumble all over each other. Is that what we call? We call it the fumble. This is the fumble. Uh, and you're high. Go go to bed. Go to bed, side. <laughs> the fumble ruski. Fumble ruski. Fumble ruski. Let's wrap this up. All right. You have to pick at twenty-two. You're on the clock. You cannot trade down. Which position are you picking, Sutton? Linebacker. I'm I'm looking at this overall draft market. I think there's a great intersection, like I said earlier, of what we're looking for defensively and what's available in this draft class. Cornerbacks deep, safeties deep, defensive ends deep. We certainly need a linebacker because I don't I don't trust Meese and I don't think we should. So someone like Reddick's available, someone like Cunningham's available. I'm looking at linebacker because I think we can go linebacker and then turn around and go day two, get another defensive draft pick that where those deep positions exist and improve this defense dramatically. All right. How, how about you? Yeah, he has quite the argument there. For me, Reddick, I mean, he's a guy that can play with his hand in the dirt and can also play at linebacker. So for me, that personally, that's the guy I want to see slip down there. Uh, but I'm going to go with defensive end. I know Sutton made a pretty damn good argument for why we shouldn't go end in the first round. But, I mean, you got a guy like, say, Derek Barnett Falls, Tucker Charlton, it's my boy, Tucker McKinley, and Jordan. I mean, the list goes on. I, I like – I think the Dolphins definitely need an edge rusher. you got a guy like Andre Branch who's a situational pass rusher. Cameron Wake, we don't know how many more years he has left in him. So, for me, I'm looking at defensive end or edge rusher, and that's where I'm going to go. All right, and I'm going to go safety. I'm going to throw this out. I'm going to go safety. Damn. Because I, I, th- I think if you get someone like Obi or Jamal or Malik there and you pair them up with Rashad Jones, that's the biggest hole right now on the defense side of the ball, right? Forget cornerback, forget linebacker, forget defensive end. This year only, this season only, if you're going season to season, say that, that safety opposite Rashad Jones is the biggest hole. You, you pair someone up with him, you can have an absolute dynamite dynamite outfield in that secondary. And then you don't need the strong corners, right? Because you're going to have help over the top. I'm, I'm going safety in the first round. I think they could do a lot of great things in terms of covering tight ends out of the backfield and, and off the line of scrimmage and a whole bunch of other stuff. So that's what I'm doing. Have you heard anything, Kanata? Are there any, like, rumblings in little Kanata? 
outer world? That no, you no. So, so no, last year, I, last That's year I found out. Last year, I found out about two days before the draft who the Dolphins are really leaning towards. And that's when I found out about Eli Apple. And I think, yeah, it was two days before the draft last year where I found out that Eli Apple was at the top of their board. Of course, Ezekiel Ezekiel Elliott was the number one player on their board. And he went very quickly to the Cowboys. And Tubbs was up there, too. Yeah, Tubbs. Yeah, there was no way Zeke was going (laughs) to last till 13. Tumsil was up there, too, but they never expected to get him. So they were looking at Eli Apple. And then Eli Apple got picked by the Giants, and I also found out that they liked Miles Jack, Eli yeah. Apple, Ezekiel Elliott, and they also liked William Jackson, okay? And I'm told that even uh, if, if Tuttle wasn't there at 13, right, they wouldn't have picked Miles Jack. They would have picked William Jackson. Um, so, so that explains Xavier Howard pick and then trading up for him to be aggressive. Uh, it also may explain some of their moves this year, but I probably won't find out. Actually, you know, next Tuesday's, Guess what? Two days before the draft. So for t- next Tuesday's podcast, I might have some names of who there is at the top oh, of the board. But you know, I've been hearing I've been hearing for several months now it's going to be defensive end in the first round. But things change. You know, we'll see we'll see how it shakes out. But it's going to be fun. So this Thursday night schedule release on the NFL Network, 8 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. The Dolphins, of course, are in the running to open up against the Patriots on Thursday night football. Will they put them there? I don't know. They'll probably likely lean more towards a playoff team. Maybe the Chiefs, maybe the, I wouldn't say the Broncos, maybe the Raiders there. Um, we'll did he say leaning right. towards a playoff team? I did. Yeah, we were a playoff, we were a playoff team too, man. I, I did hear I meant, Atlanta sorry. in the Sunday night game. Is that correct? I meant, I, meant, I meant the team that was in the second round of the playoffs. Sorry. <laughs> well, that hurts just as much, dude. <laughs> Yeah, I, I hope they don't open up against the Patriots. You know, that would that's that's what, tough. what about Atlanta? What about Atlanta on Sunday night? I, I hear that's a possibility as well. Yeah, I've heard that too. <laughs> yeah, that's that that tweeter be... sources. <laughs> we'll have to see. That's why they make it such a spectacle, right? All right, we're going to wrap well, things up a... here. On... Go ahead. Yeah, sorry, real quick, real, real quick, and it's a great um, festivity for me. Just because I'm a road fan, like I, I only go to Dolphin games that I can see on the road just because Miami is such a long trip for me up in Ohio. So it's really nice to see what games I can go to over the course of the year. So I'm super excited for the next couple we, we of days. Should, that, we should that all be looking at that almost over. Game. We should all be looking at that MetLife game, calling off work. Oh, absolutely. 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 Let's get that shit together. Yeah, exactly. Absolutely. I want chicken wings again. More chicken wings. Well, yeah. And I'll try to not get screwed up by flights this time. You got there. You got there for the start of the game, though. We saved you some food, so we're all good, right? Yeah, you did. You did. You got great. We've been on almost an hour, boys. Let's put put an end to this show. So we'll be on next Tuesday night, (laughs) 9.30 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. We'll have the schedule by then. It'll be two days before the NFL draft. Hopefully, I'll have some information on who the Dolphins may be leaning towards. But in the meantime, talk to us on Twitter. Talk to us on thefinsider.com. Thank you for joining us this week on Finsider Radio. We hope you enjoyed our tremendous show with Randy McMichael and then, of course, our debate about the upcoming NFL draft and who the Dolphins may take in the first round. But until next week, uh, this is Finsider Radio, and we thank you for joining us. Have a great evening.
Napa know-how. Keeping it simple is usually a good thing. And when it comes to rewards programs, keeping it simple is always a good thing. That's why we made the Napa Rewards program effortless. All you need is your phone number to start saving on the parts and tools you need. Then we automatically give you $5 off your next purchase for every 100 you spend. So start saving today with Napa Rewards. Quality parts, helpful people. That's Napa know-how. Napa know-how. Hey everybody, it's Neil Patel, Editor-in-Chief of The Verge. I host a podcast every week called The Verge Cast with my friends Paul Miller and Dieter Bone. We've got a rotating cast of characters from our entire site, which is about technology, how it impacts culture, and how that is all a big cycle that causes us to have a wide variety of feelings that you can listen to every Friday. We've done over 300 episodes in the six years since The Verge has been around, but you only need to listen to one, the latest one, to get caught up on everything in tech news. Vergecast is on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, everywhere else you listen to podcasts, check it out. Today's episode is brought to you by Cars.com. With over 2 million vehicles and 50,000 more added every day, Cars.com will match you with the perfect car for you, your budget, your life, your style. And if you're ready to say goodbye to your current car, Cars.com will get you an instant offer to cash it in. Just start by entering your license plate and get matched with a local dealer who will write you the check. So whether you're looking to buy or sell, just go to Cars.com. It's magical. Most of the time, we talk about tech in terms of a handful of gigantic companies like Google, Meta, and Apple. But some of the most interesting stuff we find online is the product of a single person. When you're working on your own, I think there's this beauty of being able to come up with an idea and then implement it. Then, in that moment, you don't have to have permission from someone else. There's no red tape. In the Vergecast series, Solo Acts, we'll get to know these people, the tech they use to get stuff done, and the obstacles they face trying to compete with the giants. Some people that I talk to and my friends are like, you know, your competitors are Zuckerberg and Musk. Like, aren't you kind of, like, afraid of that? Every Monday, our friend Ashley Escada will be curating and hosting these interviews and sharing with us what she's learned. I can't believe the McRib locator was originally a tornado locator. Right. <laughs> Pretty wild. Listen to our Solo Acts miniseries now in the Vergecast feed, anywhere you find podcasts.